Welcome back to the Crow's Nest. My name is Jackson Shank, alongside my co-host Justin Valenzuela for episode 35, where we are going to be breaking down the AFC South. Yes, that's right. It's another divisional episode because the NFL season is closely approaching. Fast. Yep. Justin, happy Labor Day, my friend. Happy Labor Day, Jackson. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, man. No classes. I got in the gym early in the stew. You know, it's going to be a productive day today. I'm just I'm really looking forward to Thursday night because Thursday night is, you know, you know, kickoff for the NFL season, greatest time of the year in my opinion, so I'm I'm really excited. It's big time. Bills and Rams on Thursday night football. What more could you ask for? All right. Let's get into it starting with the AFC South. In this division, we got the Colts, Titans, Jags, and Texans. Justin, what do we got for the Colts this year? Jackson, I'm pretty excited for the Colts. They let me down last year. I thought that was a team that could make a very deep playoff run. Um, I honestly, I really, they reminded me a lot of just like the Titans would be a perfect example. Remember that year they went and they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship? Yeah, they were the one seed. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. they like, they were like, you know, 10 and 6 or something like that at the time. And nobody really thought much of them, but just because they had such a stellar defense and a great run game, you know, they, they went deep. And I really thought that could be the Colts. I thought they could replicate that. You know, obviously the wheels completely fell off the wagon. Uh, in the season finale against the Jaguars. But you know what? They upgraded. They bought in Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz is done. He's out of here. Big they time. lost. They lost T.Y. Hilton. I think the receivers are taking a step back, kind of. You got Michael Pittman in year two. Big time. And Alec Pierce, a rookie wide receiver. Sleeping so, on him. Yeah, I think he's. I think he can have a, a solid year. The big thing for me is they signed Stephon Gilmore, which I think is going to elevate their defense very far. And Matty Ice is going to do wonders for that offense he really just has to hand the ball off but with that said i have them going 11 and 6 big time colts fans should be happy i think it's a huge upgrade at quarterback and i say huge because here's the thing carson wentz has had a history of choking right well i mean he had a history of choking and then he came into this this year and he played very mediocre. It wasn't like the step up at quarterback that they really thought that they were going to get from Phillip Rivers. So now you have, I feel like every time we're talking about the Colts before the year, it's going to be just the next veteran quarterback yeah, that's really falling is. out of their career. Cycling but hey, him. if you're going to take anyone who's a precision pocket passer that can command an offense, it's Matty Ice. And I cannot be happier for the Colts to have a QB that will actually hit their receivers in stride. One of the biggest problems Carson Wentz had last year was his accuracy. Matt Ryan is like the, I think he's top 10. I believe he was eighth last year in accuracy. So that's a huge change, right? Michael Pittman had a good year going in year one, but to have a more accurate quarterback who probably knows or definitely knows the game more than Carson Wentz did, and to have that kind of pair, he's had a number one receiver like Julio Jones. He ha- he made Calvin Ridley an, a number one wide receiver, he's won an MVP. Right. Like, I mean, that was a while ago. No, I mean, but, but still, you know, he's a he's a starting. Ca- he's more than just a starting caliber quarterback at this point. He probably is just a starting quarterback. But you know, you know what Matty Ice is capable of. He's taking teams to the Super Bowl. But my big thing with the Colts, Jackson, is. I feel like this team last year really rode off of the legs of Jonathan Taylor. And the real question is, can he replicate that season that he had last year? It's definitely not going to be easy, and I don't think he quite will. I think he'll he'll have an amazing year. But to do what he did last year, it's impossible to expect him to 
do that if not better so that's why i have them going 11 and 6 i think the team was really inflated off of jonathan taylor um he really kicked it into high gear last year and that's when they started to take off because they started slow it's not like the colts were a good team to start the year they started off very poor i mean they had to right or sorry they had to rely on jt i mean the offensive line is one of the best in the nfl and to have a guy like Quentin Nelson lead that offensive line. That's who yeah. you want, stud, right? That's who you want to kind of command that offensive line and be the guy that Jonathan Taylor runs by most of the time. And it, when the Colts and they signed Eric Fisher and stuff like that, so they've got they've got pieces in place. And for me, this is just a oh, this is the old school type of football that has been around for a long, long time, and that's why I see the Colts being so successful, is they're one of the few teams in the league that can manage the clock, have a number one guy, uh, play really solid defense because they're stacked all around on defense with people like Shaq Leonard. They've got Stephon Gilmore now. They've got Kenny Moore in the secondary. So all of these guys combined make a really old school, play good defense, manage the clock type of team. I think that leads me to my 12-5 and five record that I have for them. Fair enough. All right, let's go right into the schedule then. So their five losses for me are week three. Col- or Yeah, the Colts are at home. Chiefs come to town. And I think the most common thing you're going to see is coming into their schedule, the teams they're going to lose to are the teams that, are abil- that have the ability to play good to great present-day football. And that's high-flying offense being able to score in in a very short amount of time because when you when at the end of the day if a team can score in two minutes and it takes you seven minutes to drive down the field obviously if you don't wait 30 seconds in between each run play it probably won't but those teams that have the ability to drive down the field very quickly i think those are the teams that are going to have a step up on the colts which is why they're five losses for me uh are the chiefs in week three like i said they go on a short week to play Denver in Denver. I think Denver does a good job there. Then they head to Tennessee. This is where I I kind of have to backtrack on my statement. I just think Tennessee at home, maybe Derrick Henry has a better game than he. This is a chance for him to really shine in a in a essentially a running back versus running back game. And think about it like this too, Jackson. The Titans are coming off of a bye. So Derrick yeah. Henry's going to be nice and rested. It's going to be a rejuvenated team. Right. And they're at home, which is yes. huge. And then week 10 and 16 are their only other losses for me. They're at they're at Vegas, so they face the Raiders. I think Derek Carr can get it done in week 10 with now Devontae Adams. They have Darren Waller still, Hunter Renfro still. So that team getting so much better on the offensive side of things. And they added Chandler Jones on the defense. And then in week 16, you have the Chargers. Talk about one of the most high-flying offenses in the league. You have Justin Herbert paired with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. Yep. Yeah, Jackson, my my schedule for them kind of parallels yours. However, week two, Jacksonville Jaguars are at home. Oh, boy. You got Doug Peterson. Oh, boy. You got Trevor Lawrence. He's He's got he's juiced up. He's got weapons. Their offensive line is going to be a little bit better. Their defense is going to take a step forward. And not they got Christian Kirk. They got Travis Etienne and James Robinson. Uh, it's a very good duo in the backfield. I think the Jaguars could shock a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to be in a great team <laughs> by any means. Don't 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 misquote me there. But I do think the Jaguars oh, could beat a team like the Colts week two at home 
They beat them in this season finale last year. Who saw that coming, you know? And then week three, the Chiefs, just like you. Week seven, Chargers are well re- uh, not Chargers. The week seven, Titans are well rested. I think Titans take that one at home. And then week ten, they play the Las Vegas Raiders at Vegas, much like you. Another one I want to highlight here is week eleven against the Eagles. The strength of your team runs on Jonathan Taylor. Now, wow, you're respecting the now Eagles you got, for once. Now in you the got podcast. Now you got, I love this. Okay, buddy, I have the Eagles going ten and seven. Okay, but you have to win a big game here on the road. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, they got Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. They got um, Fletcher Cox. Yep. Uh, there's just stout interior defensive line. They got Nicobe mm-hmm. Dean on the back end anchoring that thing. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, cool. Jonathan Taylor's not going to have a great game. Let's throw the ball. You're going to throw on big play Darius Slay? Good luck with that. I think Darius Slay can absolutely lock down Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce or whoever whoever else it may be. And then, much like you, Week 16, I have them losing the charge. So the only real difference we have there is the Eagles and the Jaguars. Yeah, Jags is Jags is a bit much for yeah, me, buddy. But a big game for me. I have them beating your Vikings week fifteen. That's um, true. It, they're coming off the bye. They're gonna they be are. Rested. I think teams with running backs that rely like they rely on the ground game coming off the bye, especially late in the year. That's gonna pay many dividends for. The I mean, I have the I have the Vikings losing that game just because like yeah. historically Vikings don't have the best second half of the season. But yeah, yeah. So both AFC South division winners, Indianapolis Colts, correct? Yep. All right, let's get into the Tennessee Titans, who I think are going to take a major, major step back. They were, I believe, the one seat yep, they won last, the year. last year. And, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not happening again. Uh, I think we've seen Ryan Tannehill's true colors. I think we have. Um, and that is, I'm not going to be able to play in the playoffs. And I don't necessarily think... And I honestly think that that could translate to the regular season. And I think it will this year. You're talking about a team that went, I mean, they, they had to go crazy. They were last year. Titans record, yeah. 2021, 12-5. You're talking about a team that went 12-5 and five last year. I think it's a five-game difference this year. I literally, yeah, I, I have them going 7-10. and 10. And it's just because I, I realize now the the difference at of level we thought Ryan Tannehill was and number two, they're matched up with the AFC West this year, right? Talking about teams that are loaded on the offensive side of things, let's get into their schedule. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jackson, so, one more thing. Sorry to cut you off. Okay, there. go for it. Tannehill, I think, is going to show even truer colors this regular season simply because who is he going to throw the football to? They lost AJ Brown. Right. They lost Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Harold Landry for the season. Uh, pro goal guard Roger Saffold is gone, so and Harold Landry is a big loss. A big People loss. People don't yeah. realize. And it's like, yes, you have Trey Burks, but can you really expect a wide receiver to carry the load of AJ Brown? And obviously, Julio had a very down season, but I think it's fair to say that Trey Burks has to match the production of Julio, and not even that's really that that feasible as a rookie wide receiver. You have no idea what a rookie wide receiver is going to do. He could explode and have a Jamar Chase, Je- uh, Justin Jefferson type season. Or he could be a complete dud. It's too much to rely on a rookie that has proven absolutely nothing as your wide receiver one. Well, and how much can you put faith in that wide receiver one when he has Ryan Tannehill as Tannehill yeah. And there's controversy in the quarterback room, too. Right. Yeah. They drafted Malik Willis in the third round. Who looks great in preseason, he by the way. He looks great in preseason, but Tannehill was not on board with it. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
Now there's controversy. Anytime Tannehill has a bad game, they're going to start calling for his head. They're going to start chanting Malik Willis in the stadium. Listen, I've been there. I know what it's like to have quarterback <laughs> controversy. I know all too much. Second a guy starts playing bad, they're calling for his head, calling for the other guy to come in. It's probably a recipe for disaster for the Titans. And much like you, I have them going 8-9. and nine. So, yeah, and just one little uh, nugget I want to add. We talk about the Harold Landry loss. He had 12 sacks last season. So that's... That's 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 a lot of sacks. Yeah. So do keep that in mind. Titans got a lot of things going against them. And honestly, I know that they just they just paid Ryan Tannehill, I think two seasons ago now, or maybe a season ago. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Malik Willis by the end of the year, to be completely honest. You're talking about a team that has relative tools to win on the defensive side of things, has a really solid head coach in Mike Vrabel, and can have players who are going to grow together on their rookie contracts, Traylon Burks and Malik Willis, see if they can't mold a wide receiver one and QB one connection. Yeah. Right. So let's let's get into the schedule. Right. Seven and ten for me. There's seven wins. Uh, at home to the Giants, week one. At home to the Raiders, week two. At the Commanders, week five. At home to the Colts week 7 out of the bye like we talked about. Week 11, Thursday night football, short week. I think they can go into Green Bay and get a big time win. Week 14, beating the Jaguars. Week 16, beating the Texans. And that's it. Seven wins. I think a big thing too is I I think it the real, the real tr- true colors of Ryan Tannehill come out in the divisional games as I have them going 3-3 three and three in their division, dropping a game to both the Texans, and the Jaguars. Yeah, Jackson, I'm looking. Through Week 12, I have the same exact thing as you. Like, I, I literally have the same exact stuff as you. I'm trying to find where the real difference is. I have them losing to the Texans Week 8, as do you. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. The real difference, the only, literally the only difference we have with <laughs> yeah. the Titans in this entire schedule is, or wait, yeah. Is week seventeen? I have them beating the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. It's yeah. the Cowboys. Come on, short like, week. Yeah, well, Cowboys I talked about on the advantage for, football. Yeah, okay. I have them losing in the season finale to the Jaguars, much like you. Yeah, yeah, literally the same. The only difference is week seventeen. So that's pretty cool if you really think about it. Eight and nine, man. Big time regression from a team that had a lot of potential last year, and <laughs> should have beat the Bengals. Just about every team should have beaten the Bengals. In their playoff run. Yeah, you know who beat the Bengals? The Jets. The Jets. <laughs> Hell it. yeah, man. All right, let's get into these last two teams because, you know, as much as Jacksonville added a lot of new weapons, I don't think it changes much. You know, you added Christian Kirk, added Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, like. Yeah, well, Brandon Scherf, Foiseto Lacoon, Fularenzu mm. Fatukasi, who's great, Darius Williams. Won the Super Bowl last year with the Rams. Yeah, yeah, Darius Williams. They handed out the most money, like guaranteed money. Like they they handed out so much money, and then they drafted Devin Lloyd. But it's just like, why are you paying? What is what is Christian Kirk's contract? Fifteen twenty million a year. He's like a top five paid receiver in the league. I doubt. Like I don't agree with handing out the money, but listen, the Jaguars—they're a horrible team on a horrible roster that made a very very bad decision in hiring Urban Meyer. Right, and it kind of yeah, put them Urban in a tough Meyer. spot. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of money, 
They had a quarterback on a rookie contract. You have to surround your quarterback. You can't just be like, oh, well, you know, none of the good guys want to come with us. So, like, we're just not going to sign anyone. You got to hand out money. Yeah. You, you got to meet the floor to begin with. Eight, and it's like 18 mm, mil is steep. And that's going to be a horrible contract. No, that's a horrible for, contract. For yes. Christian Kirk, he was a wide receiver. It's a horrible Three? contract. It's a horrible contract. Uh, but two. I, I I'll give him two. Them. I applaud yeah. them for at least going out and attempting to improve the roster for a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You can't fault a team for doing that. And yeah. I certainly won't. Well, I won't fault him for it, but I have them as the same record as last year, 3-14. and 14. Yeah, okay. Well, I have them having a two-game improvement. I have them going 5-12. Okay. All right. So let's let's see... And a lot, of, a lot of this could be could be out of division games. I think that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, I've been going three and three. Yeah, well, in the in the division you have them three and three, but like outside the division, right? I think those are those are where we have some differences. Like I think you had, I think if I remember right, you had them winning. Well, one you had them beating, you have them beating the Colts in week two. I do have them beating the Colts, which in is the divisional game. But then yep. week one, I think you also have them beating the Commanders. If I if I remember that right. That was yeah, but not that you changed it. I changed it. Okay, yeah. all right. So I have their three wins. Jaguars three wins coming in week five. They are at home against the Texans. Yep, I have them winning that. And then week seventeen and eighteen as they go into Houston and play the Texans, and then week eighteen take down the Titans at home. All right, so kind of similar like a two game difference i have them beating the jaguars week two and then i have them beating the texans week i beating mean the colts. <laughs> beating the colts sorry <laughs> okay. i have the jaguars beating the colts week two yeah and then in week five i have them beating the texans week okay. seven i have them beating the giants week 13 i have them beating the lions okay. and then week 18 i have them beating the titans yeah i mean not too much to talk about when it comes to jacksonville you're in an entirely ever since 2017 when they shipped their entire defense away they really just have been a rebuilding team yep. so not just much advised not hires, much you can say about them. decisions urban urban meyer was bound to fail i'm i'm surprised people even tr- attempted to defend that really. i'm a fan of doug peterson though i like bringing I like a doug super bowl peterson. winning head coach yeah. into an environment that's you know it's there are a lot of holes but if anyone's going to build it up, it's going to be Doug Peterson, right? Because he managed to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah, I actually, I think, Alshon I Jeffrey think Doug is Peterson the wide receiver one. On. I, I, Nick Sirianni is a great coach for the Eagles, but I think Doug Peterson is a great head coach. I didn't quite get why. I mean, I get, you know, it's sometimes it's just time. And I think that was the case with him in Philly. His guy was gone. Carson was gone and all that. But I do think he's a great head coach. I don't think he really warranted a fire, but here he is now head coach of the Jaguars. All right, so let's hit this last team in the the AFC South. That's the Houston Texans. And, you know, I've, I've been talking with Justin because we sit down and we do these divisional breakdowns. I really do hate how polarizing my records are, right? I have a lot of teams at 12 and 5, some teams at 13 and 4, some teams at 11 and 6. And then I just have teams at like 3 and 14, 2 and 15. But when I look back at this, I think the real thing is Justin and I are sitting here breaking down. I mean, a lot of it is a lot of it is on paper, and it's really hard to predict. You yeah. know who is Impossible. who's going to jump out at anywhere. Yeah, like you have the Jags beating the Colts in week yeah. two. That's I feel right? I'm, like sometimes I just have a gut feeling. It's and I think when we talk about yeah. NFC West, you'll really see that. Yes, I think that's well. I mean, I <laughs> yeah yeah we will see, but. 
I just, man, I don't see the Texans winning a lot of games this year. It's tough. Love Davis Mills. I loved what I saw in his rookie year. He almost beat the Titans last year, but at the same time, Titans had, I think, their backups playing yeah. to a certain extent. Um, and mm, it was it was last week of the season, so I have them going 2-15, and 15, and I know that's brutal because we saw the upside of Davis Mills. You bring in a rookie like Damian Pierce, and you have a wide receiver one and a, and a journeyman wide receiver that is Brandon Cooks. Love yeah. Brandon Cooks. But it's just, you know, you lost to Sean Watson. Yeah. That's, and, you know, quite frankly, I applaud you for that. I applaud you, Houston Texans, because you got a lot of draft capital for it. And you got rid of probably the biggest, what, drama head in sports right now. So good on them. And, you know, they they reached with Stingley, I think, too. Like, they didn't go yeah. sauce at three like a lot of people thought. Or they didn't go get a high-end D-end. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But their I two think, wins... I think this draft is going to be huge for them, though. Yeah. In my, two, in my thing, at least, I don't know about you, they secured themselves the first overall pick. And then the Cleveland Browns finished with the seventh worst record in the league. Therefore, giving them the seventh pick. So you got one and seven. Right. Take a quarterback of your choice. Potentially get a nice receiver. Maybe Jackson Smith and Joba. Maybe. We'll see. That's This is talk for months yeah, yeah, from yeah. now. But, you know, I think the Texans are trending in the right direction. They got building blocks. They got Kenyon Green in the draft. They got Derek Stingley. One guy I love, and I've loved him for a while. I don't know if I've mentioned him on the podcast, but it's a guy I've really fallen in love with through the draft process, was Jalen Petrie. Safety out of Baylor. They took him in the second round. Damian Pierce looks like the lead back. You get a look at Davis Mills. Maybe he impresses and he is that guy. And then you take a guy like Will Anderson in the draft who's a huge edge prospect coming up. Um, Or, shoot, maybe even trade down to a quarterback-thirsty team. The opportunities are endless. I think the Texans Mm -hmm. are trending in the right direction, but this season you will not see that whatsoever. I have them going 3-14 and 14 just like you. Or okay. Not just like you, wow. but similarly yeah, so as you, I have them going 3-14. So, yeah, you are, wow, you have, we both have them regressing from last year. They were 4-13 and 13 last year. Yeah. That is that is something to note. Well, because so. they got, the thing is, a new system once again. They're oh, the new head Culley, coach. Yeah. yeah, what's his name? Dave Coley, right? I believe so. Out, yeah. Lovey Smith in. Lovey Smith Not in. that impressed with Lovey Smith. I think Dave Coley impressed me last year. I'm not quite sure what they got. If you're going to get rid of a coach, at least like this was simply lateral movement for them, and that's exactly why I have them staying about the same, maybe regressing just a little bit, because their schedule is also a little bit harder. Like you said, they get matched up with the AFC West this year. Mm-hmm. So there's always that. And then the ja- the teams like the Jaguars improved. Titans are always formidable. Colts improved. They take on the... They're also matched they t- up. Yeah, they take on the the, AF, the NFC East as well. And the so, AFC West. Yeah, AFC West, NFC East. Not that the AFC, uh, NFC East is good, but you got the Eagles. But the they're Cowboys. better than... Better. I think I right. think any team in the NFC East is better than the yeah. Texans. So my two wins for them uh, at home, week eight to the Tennessee Titans, and then they go into the... They go into New York, and they get their second win in week 10. Outside of that, it is all losses for me so we have a similar win there week eight i have the giants beating the texans at home uh i have the texans beating the browns into sean watson's return it's gonna take him a while to knock off the rust like i've said we've talked about that week 13 texans get that win and then week 17 heading up against their pals the jacksonville jaguars at home i have the texans taking that one too so yeah pretty Pretty rough year for the bottom two teams in the NFC South. Texans rebuilt, or excuse me, Titans. And 
Wow. Yeah. Tongue twisting. It's so many, so much. Yeah, I know. So pretty rough year for the AFC South, especially the bottom two teams in Jacksonville and the Texans as they wait to rebuild. And then you have now middle of the pack Tennessee Titans who probably could move on from QB by the end of the year or look to restructure Ryan Tannehill's contract depending on how he plays. And then you have the Colts who go out and play old school football and just bring it to teams. And I think that ability to play old school football is going to win them a lot of games. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Crow's Nest. Thank you all for listening to this one. If you made it to the end, thank you so much. Justin, I really, really appreciate it. And that is all for now. So for Justin Valenzuela, my name is Jackson Shank. We will see you all next time. Peace.